Very good, ladies. Thank you for that. Take your Bible and go back, if you will, this morning to Philippians chapter 3. Look at verse 13 again for re-emphasis sake. The Bible says, Brethren, count, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth onto those things which are before. Now here's what Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to speak uh, this morning on that which is a fresh new year. <clears throat> There's just something about starting things afresh that makes all the difference in the world, no matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, when you think about a fresh start, uh, you think about a, a fresh school year. You think about uh, a fresh relationship. You think about a, uh, a fresh uh, time of being together, maybe during a family event. No matter what it is, uh, there's just something about a fresh start that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, when we come to the new year, there's the old year coming to a close and the new year starting. And because of that, there's a sense of awareness that it's something new. It's not something that is, uh, uh, you look back on and say, well, I just tell you what, uh, just had a horrible time back then. No, you can always look forward. You can always go forward. You can always make changes in your life. You can always, you, you hear of a, uh, and I'll be speaking on New Year's resolutions tonight, but you hear about people that make a New Year's resolution, and, and I wish that more people would keep them. They say that 97% of people that make a New Year's resolution do not keep them. That's not really good, but, uh, but it, it's good at least to have a goal. It is. It's good to have a goal. It's, it's good to reach out. Uh, you might be in the 3% margin that keeps it all the way through, and that's great. That's great. But it's better to try to do something than not try. It's better to try and start something than not start. It's better to reach out and uh, try to make progress than not to make any attempt at progress whatsoever. Uh, and so, as we look at the old year going by, uh, perhaps you could uh, be like uh, as recorded in Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6, where the Bible says, the Lord passed by before me. This is Moses speaking. And it says, and proclaim, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. And so as the Lord passed by, there was the testimony that he is merciful. There was the testimony that he was gracious, the testimony of long-suffering, the testimony abundant in goodness and in truth. You know, we could say that about our Lord today. We could say that in 2019, as we're getting ready to depart from that and heading into the 2020 era, uh, we could say uh, he's been merciful to us. We could say he's been gracious to us. We could say he has been long-suffering toward us. We could say that he's been abundant in goodness to us and also in truth. Everybody in here could share that testimony. Uh, over in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 15, the Bible says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief, Paul says. And so what is he saying? He's saying, I just want you to know that I agree with Moses of years ago. He is merciful and he is gracious. Now, can I tell you, you can have the same testimony today. Second Peter chapter one in verse three, the Bible says, 
according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertaineth unto life and goodness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. And so uh, now we have Peter recording that as saying that he's good. He's good, that he's bountiful towards us, and that his goodness is that which we can consider a very virtuous. Well, listen to the psalmist. The psalmist says in Psalm 103, verses 8 through 10, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plentiless, the Bible says, uh, in uh, mercy. Uh, he is not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. Uh, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us after our iniquities. And so he says, now wait a minute, he is merciful. Now he's not going to keep uh, his anger forever. He's not going to keep his wrath forever. But let's not forget how merciful he has been. I remember one time uh, one of the children in our family received a spanking for not doing good. And I remember that. And uh, he said, uh, after the spanking came, he said this. He said, but daddy, to be honest with you, I didn't do it. I said, okay. I said, now, if you didn't do it, I apologize for that. Oh, he said, no reason to apologize. Because he said, you know, I should have got 100 for the things I got away with. <laughs> now, can I tell you, the Lord has been merciful to us. Yes. Merciful to us. If, if, if God did not restrain his wrath, and if God brought the judgment of himself on you for every single thing that you did wrong, you probably would not be alive today. But because of his good mercy, we can look back in 2019 and we could all say, God has been good to us. God has been good to us. I often remind you because I travel around the world. I've been to many, many different countries in preaching. And can I say that God has been good to those that live in America. Uh, you're still in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And God has been so good to us. Uh, in the time of realization, we understand this. Uh, he said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. He said, I don't really understand it all. I, I can't uh, really be able to grasp it all. But then uh, he goes on, but he says, this one thing I do. Uh, and so he said, I, 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 I'm just reflecting back on what I did in, in, in our time, 2019, as we stretch over into 2020. He said, uh, this one thing I do. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. You said, preacher, what should I do if I've messed up? What should I do if I uh, uh, came short of hitting a goal. What should I do if I found myself uh, in a sinful position? What should I do? He said, forgetting those things which are behind. You know, sometimes you have to realize that uh, it's time to be able to change the route. It's time to be able to change the path. It's time to be able to start on something new, to go down a different course in life. Uh, if you failed and you failed and you failed walking down the same path it might be time to change the path I'm saying this here's what the Bible says forgetting those things there's nobody in here could, could say that you had a perfect year nobody there's nobody in here that could say I'll tell you what I just want you to know that last year was just absolutely uh, without compare perfect there was no margin of error uh, you can't say that if you're honest we've all come short uh, we've all uh, uh, failed in certain areas in our life. Now, can I tell you, what, what do you do with that? Well, don't keep walking in the same misery. 
study it out, think about it, make some wise choices, decide to go the right direction and let God help you to be able to step out in new directions that could help you to become a better Christian, become a better person. I remember the first time I stepped inside of an independent Baptist church, it scared me to death. It did. I came from a Catholic background, and it scared me. I mean, the man got behind the pulpit, and he had the audacity and nerve to raise his voice. And I thought, man, what is wrong with him? But then as I listened intently, I found out that he was excited about not necessarily raising his voice, but about the subject matter that was at hand. And he was preaching about the second coming of Christ, and he was excited about it. And I thought, that is so neat. I've never heard anybody get excited about anything in church, ever, ever. Matter of fact, when I would look around coming from my church background, you'd see more people asleep than awake. But can I tell you, he was excited about it. And because of that, that's why I went back on a Sunday night. Because I thought if he was that excited on Sunday morning, maybe he'd be that excited on Sunday night, and I was not disappointed. And so I went back on a Wednesday night. I thought maybe he's got something to say. Well, first off, when he announced, don't forget Wednesday night service, I thought, who in the world wants to go to church on Wednesday night? I went over the weekend, and that was enough for me. But what got me excited about it is what he was saying, uh, he was showing in the Bible and he was giving proof and evidence that this is what God said. And I wanted so much to grow as a Christian. I wanted to know what God said. And so I went back on a Wednesday night, not so that I could be in a crowd, not so that I could be uh, religious. I went back on a Wednesday night because I was a young believer and I wanted to grow. And so I came in, and uh, I, I, after a few weeks, I got my own Bible, and I started carrying my own Bible, and oh, I was just so embarrassed. Uh, the pastor would say, turn to this chapter, turn to this book. I had no clue. I was 18 years of age, and I was thumbing over in the New Testament when he was saying an Old Testament book, and I'd be thumbing over in the Old Testament when he'd say a New Testament book. And then uh, there was a little seventh grader that came up and sat beside me, and he looked up at me. I was big. He was small. Uh, he was smart, and I wasn't. And, uh, and he, said, uh, he said, can I help you find it? Oh, I said, I'd, I'd enjoy you helping me. Thank you. And, uh, and he helped me to find some pages that the pastor said to turn to. And uh, boy, then I started memorizing the books of the Bible. That was a good start. Uh, that helped me to at least uh, uh, know where things were when the pastor called it out. And so uh, I'm saying this. I'm saying that uh, uh, reflecting back, you know, you can say this one thing I did. And you could say this. Boy, you know, uh, I, I'm forgetting those things which are behind me. And then he says this, a testimony of Paul. He said, reaching forth unto those things which are before. He said, I press, press. Now, that's with great fervency. I press. That's with great strength. I press, that's with great energy. I press, that's with great intent. That's with great purpose. That's a driving factor inside of him. He said, I press toward, it says, listen to it now, toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, how can we do that? Let me give you just three statements. Statement number one, uh, there is a pass that is, now listen to it now, finalized. There is a pass that's finalized. 
look, don't do this. My dear mother said this. I'm sure she got it from her dear mother who got it from her dear mother who got it from her dear mother. Probably they got it from Eve in the garden. She said this, you cannot cry over spilt milk. You ever heard that? How many heard that old saying? Can't cry over spilt milk. She said, because it's, 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 it's gone. It's gone. Oh, we, we had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And, uh, and uh, we, were pulling the, we were pulling the ham. We were pulling the ham out of the, uh, out of the, uh, out of the oven. Pulling the ham. The, 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 uh, the holder of it, the plate, the, uh, it, it was just hot. And so we dropped the ham. Now, some of it stayed in, but some of it came out. Now, we could have just washed it off. The people hadn't arrived yet. They never would have knew. That's what they do in some restaurants, you know. But, uh, and, and so, but uh, it came out on the floor, and I said, oh, no, we can't have that. Well, well, Mitch was coming over to be with us for our Thanksgiving. He's a member of our church, and he was going to be by himself for Thanksgiving. I said, oh, no, we can't have that. And I found out about it. I said, come join us. Well, Mitch has dogs. Matter of fact, I think he's just got one dog, but it's like dogs. It, it, the one dog eats like dogs. So I told Mitch, I said, look, I said, all that ham's got to go somewhere. I don't want to throw it out. It could do some good somewhere. I said, how about if you bag it up and take it home to your dog? He said, I think my dog would have a good Christmas, good Thanksgiving, good New Year. I said, good. So we bagged, we bagged that ham up and he took it home to his dog. Now, uh, what was on the floor? Now, can I tell you this? Uh, once that stuff spilled, it was spilled. Not one thing I knew about it. You can't go back and just sit there and go sit on the couch and weep and pout and say, the ham's on the floor. You got to clean it up. It does not make good decorative uh, type of things for the holiday. Uh, I'm saying this. I'm saying uh, there's a past that is finalized. They say 64% uh, of the United States adults uh, say this, that uh, uh, teaching is one of the most important jobs in all the world. That's what they say. 80% of these adults say that they have been influenced more by their teachers than by any adult living in their life. 80%. 62% say that the public school education, now don't get mad at me if you're a public school educator, but 62%, these are statistics, say uh, that uh, the public school education is worse today than it was 10 years ago. 53% say that the public schools uh, uh, provide uh, that which is an adequate level of education, but not to their grade. Now, may I say this? May I say that uh, all of a sudden now uh, we, we learn that maybe our child uh, is not getting the proper education uh, because of uh, maybe a system or something like that? Uh, then you've got to look and say, okay, what are some alternatives? What is it that I can do? Uh, do I need to get them a tutor? Do I need to get them somebody that would come in and help? Is there some programs online? Do I send them to a Christian school? Do I send them to a private school? You, you got to make some choices in your life to be able to help them uh, be able to get what they need to be able to advance the cause of Christ and that which is being a good citizen in our country. 
uh, Psalm 90 and verse 9, the Bible says, and all uh, our days are passed away. It says, in thy wrath. And uh, we spend our years as a tale that is told. See, one day, uh, 2019, somebody will remember what you did in 2019. They will. They will. Somebody's going to look back and say, I remember in 2019 that so-and-so walked beside me and helped me to be encouraged when I was discouraged. They'll remember. I remember I went to so-and-so, and they gave me some counsel that helped me to be able to make some right decisions in my life, you know, and they'll remember. Oh, that was the year we bought our first house. That's the year that we bought the car that broke down two weeks after we bought it. Uh, that's the year that I made an investment and it turned out well. That's the, you know, so you're going to have some things that people remember about 2019. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Some of it's going to be good. Some of you have had a horrifically hard time in 2019, and it's not going to be so good. But whether it be good or whether it not be so good, you ought to be able to enter into 2020 uh, with, a, uh, 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 with a more energy and a leap in your step. Why? Because it's a new time to be able to come together. I'm saying there's, there's a past that's finalized. Statement number two, uh, there's the prospect that is fantastic. Don't, don't do this. Don't let 2019, if you've had a bad year, overshadow 2020. Don't get poochie lip disease. Say, so, well, you know, it wasn't good in 2017, and it wasn't good in 2018, and it wasn't good in 2019, so 2020 is going to be the same. It's going to be rotten, so I don't look forward to it. Well, bless your little heart. It ought not be that way. Uh, you ought to look and see that God can certainly do some great things. God can do some great things in your life. God can do some great things in your relationship. God can do some great things in your church. God can do some great things in your business. God can do some great things with people that you come into contact with. But you're going to have to mark it down and just decide that you're going to have a bright outlook as you enter into the new year. A testimony of a boy that went to church he said when I was 12 years of age he said I went to church because my mother made me he said uh, my mother and I would always leave early when I was 13 years of age mom got sick quite a bit but she forced me to go to church so I went to church still to please my mother I'd always get there late and I'd always leave early I sat in the balcony and so I could slide out so nobody could see me true testimony here he said, uh, but uh, one day, for some reason, the preacher ended abruptly, uh, not uh, like his normal sermon. He ended so abruptly, I didn't have time to prepare to be able to leave early. For you know what? I'm in the crowd. I'm walking out with everybody else. And all of a sudden, the preacher puts his hand on my shoulder. And he says, it's good to see you. He said, I know you from somewhere. Matter of fact, you look like sister so-and-so. Are you her child? He said, nervously, I smiled and said, yes, I am. He said, you know, you have a good mother. I appreciate her so much. But I also appreciate you. You see, uh, I heard that you received Christ not too long ago. And, you know, you, you resemble somebody else. You resemble me to me a, as a child of God. And I appreciate you. I look forward to seeing you grow. He said, that testimony changed my life. 
He said, when that preacher put his hand on my shoulder and said, how, he said, first my heart dropped. He said, but when I turned around and saw it was the preacher, and he had that kind smile on his face and said, you resemble a child of God. And I'm proud of you. You know, sometimes all it takes is just a little bit of encouragement. Did you know that? Did you know sometimes all it takes is just a hand on a shoulder somewhere to say that I appreciate you and I love you and I just am so proud of you. So many times I'll text their young people. I'll text them a happy birthday personally. Uh, and I'll text our young people that we have it in the computer and, 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 and I've got it set up so that it'll remind me and so uh, and different ones too. I know Mrs. Salazar's birthday was yesterday and so I text her they're down in Mexico and uh, just different ones you know and I try to do the anniversaries that way and stuff like that and, and so if I'm late sometimes it may be, I didn't get to it that day but I'll even wish them a happy uh, one day late birthday or whatever but I want them to know that I'm thinking of them you know and so I, I'll take time to do that now the reason I do that is because I want them to see that boy preacher is trying to touch inside of my life he's trying he's trying now by the way uh, you'll never have anybody that is perfect but if you do have some if you got a mom and daddy that's in your life and your mom and daddy's trying give them the benefit of the doubt yeah, a Sunday school teacher and they're trying, give them the benefit of the doubt. It, it'd be better to have somebody in your life that's trying than somebody that's not trying at all. I'm saying this, here it is, and I'm getting ready to close. I'm saying that uh, uh, there is a, a prospect that is fantastic. Statement number last, and that is this. Uh, there's the present uh, that is fresh. It's fresh. My grandfather had a, 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 just a tremendous spirit, just a tremendous spirit. Uh, he'd get up in the morning, and as soon as he'd get up, he'd start singing. He'd say, what did he sing? I, I don't remember. But I do remember him singing. I, I don't know. I, I had no clue what it was. But he'd sing. And he'd walk through the house, and he'd sing. You, you know what that did? I'm going to tell you what that did. That became something, if you would please, that rubbed off. That rubbed off. Uh, that influenced that influenced huh. I talked to him we walked by the way and I talked to my granddaddy only, only knew him for about seven years and he died but, uh, but I, I'd walk by the way with my granddaddy and my granddaddy always did this he would never talk to anybody without smiling he just he, I don't know there's something inside of him I don't know if it was a feather or what but there was something inside of him and he never talked to anybody without smiling during the conversation I mean, the smile is going to come out at one time or another. You know, I find myself being the same way, and I just can't help it. You say, what is that? It might be influence. It might be influence. I I'm saying this. I'm saying uh, that the present is that which is fresh. It's fresh. You've got a brand new year. It's fresh. You get a brand new year to be able to start to read your Bible and things of that nature. It is fresh. I'll read to you this. It was on Christmas Eve, 1914. Uh, it was uh, 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 the year, if you would please, that, uh, that, that France 
uh, was there on what they call the, the Western Front. It was uh, there in the English Channel. It was uh, along the Swiss Alps. And it was there where there was 50 miles of that which was trenches that was laid down before Paris. Uh, 50 miles of trenches that would uh, be laid down before you could enter into Paris. They said that the first five months of men fighting in the trenches, over 800,000 men and women were killed or lie wounded in the, in, in the, in the fields. Uh, every soldier wondered if they'd ever make it to Christmas. Christmas Eve was there, Christmas Day the next day, but they wondered, they just wondered if they would ever make it into the next day. British soldiers began to raise their voices out of the trenches, and they began to sing songs that had Merry Christmas in it and different carols, uh, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the gunfire stopped. And now all of a sudden you heard uh, the Germans and the Germans begin to sing and they started singing uh, Christmas songs and uh, the British was singing the Christmas songs and then the day came where the soldiers, uh, many of them, uh, would uh, not enter into uh, horrific gunfire uh, for sake of Christmas in that particular area. Uh, but the next day, of course, it all started again. Uh, why? Because Christmas was something that brought some peace. It brought some peace. Here's what I understand about America. It seems like that uh, starting in November, all the way up to January, it is just stress. Have you noticed that? How many of you experienced any stress during the holidays, any stress, any stress during the holiday season, raise your hand. Any stress? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, can I tell you, watch this if you will, but there's something about the new year coming in. There's something about a fresh beginning. There's something about starting all over again. There's something about, uh, uh, even though it, it might seem that it's a difficult task in order to be able to do it, uh, we start fresh in trying to decide that, hey, we can accomplish this. And some of you may look at it like a war, but if you plan things out, yeah, you can win your war. If you plan things out and think it through, you can become victor victorious on the other side. I'm saying this, I'm saying this this morning as simply as I know how that it is very, very important that we look at the new year as a fresh start and let God help you to have a fresh start. Some of you say, preacher, I've never read my Bible through. That could be something you could shoot for and get a fresh start. Get a fresh start. Uh, preacher, I just don't have too many friends. Well, uh, you could uh, be able to get a fresh start. You said, but preacher, I've never gone soul winning. I don't know the first thing about soul winning or leading somebody to Christ. You could get a fresh start. You could get a fresh start. Well, preacher, I don't come to all the services. I know I should. Get a fresh start. Get a fresh start. Well, preacher, I tell you what, I, I, I don't know the Bible that well. That's why I don't even bring it to church. Bring it to church and let us help you to learn your Bible. Get a fresh start. Get a fresh start. Allow God to work in your life and in your heart to change you. But start. You have to start. Curtis Hudson told me years ago, he said this. He said, most preachers can preach a good sermon, but they don't give good invitations. Our church, I think, is probably like typical churches around America. I don't see many of you ever come like on a Sunday morning to, to an altar. 
But on Sunday night, it'll be all packed out around the altar. They'll be down the aisles here and stuff like that. But uh, uh, I think the reason being is because, uh, oh, so many of the people that's working on the other side of the buildings and whatnot, they have such a lofty responsibility that uh, many of them, I, I've even asked some of them, I said, why do you come? And they said, we're praying for God to use us, praying for God to use us. We don't want to be without God using us because we're helping to teach on Sunday morning. We're preaching and stuff like that. We just want God to use us. Well, what a wonderful thing to do. Uh, what a wonderful way to start the new year is just to say, dear God, here I am. You have all of me. God, please use me. Give me a fresh start. 